see the family of faith back together again. I actually wore my, my, my pink today. Amen. Come on. How many know that resurrection is not a, a day that we celebrate just one day? It's a lifestyle. Come on. We believe. How many believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Come on now, somebody. So we live that every day. But it's good to look around and see the family of faith, the people of God getting back uh, into the house of the Lord. It's good that you've left all of the cares and duties of work and home and things and stuff to get yourself seated in a place where you can hear God. Amen. And how many know the greatest voice you'll ever hear in your life is to hear the voice of God. Amen. And so we're here to hear that voice. We know that voice will attune us to the things of God, the heart of God. And so let the Holy Spirit move. Amen. He's going to move over your life today. And I know God's going to have His way. Amen. As we're continuing in our series, our inspired series, could I say today that today's message as we're getting into this this, this series, we're kind of getting a little deeper into some, some, some aspects of the Holy Spirit. Could I suggest today that this, the service is going to get intimate, amen, and it's going to get intimate with you, amen. How many know that God desires to get intimate with you, right? I don't want your relationship with God to be a Sunday morning experience. I want your relationship with God to be a lifestyle that you live, that it's something that's evident that when people see you, they see God. Somebody say amen to that. And so that's the whole object today, that we're going to get into some conversations today. It will get intimate, amen. And I know that, I know that if you want to grow in the Lord, you want intimacy too. And so we're going to get into a powerful message today out of the book of John. So I want to have you to stand for a moment. We're going to get in St. John 14. And, and then when you get to St. John 14, we're going to do a couple things here today. So I'll need you to get your Bible ribbon. So let's do this first. Get your Bible ribbon. You got your Bible. And I want you to put your Bible ribbon on 2 Corinthians chapter 3 because at the end of the message, I'm going to take you to that passage. We're going to read through that and you're going to see, maybe see some stuff you've never seen before. But we're going to be in St. John chapter 14. St. John chapter 14. And in St. John chapter 14, I'm going to begin reading at verse 8. This is where, where, where Philip asked Jesus that he wants to see the Father. Oh, my God. Does anybody want to see God? I, I hope that somewhere in your relationship, you, you, that, that's a desire of yours, that you want to see the Lord. And I'm going to show you just how, how beautiful that expression is for the believer today. Uh, because if we see Jesus, we've seen the Father. Amen. And if you got saved, you've seen Jesus. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that a little bit for a while. But if you're in St. John chapter 14, I'm going to begin reading there at verse 8. And I'm going to take this down, uh, St. John I'll take it all the way down. Let me get my Bible over there. That way we can all be walking in one accord here. St. John chapter 14. And I'm going to take this all the way down. This is verse 8 all the way down to verse 21. And just be patient with me because I'm going to come back and I'm going to pick up on some of these verses. This is a marvelous chapter. If you've never read St. John 14, let me encourage you to do that. That is a marvelous chapter concerning the things of God and the purpose of God in us. And so we're going to get to this. St. John 14, beginning at verse 8. Uh, and if you've got your Bibles, I'm, I'm reading from the King James Version of my Bible. Uh, and so just kind of follow along with me because we're going to read some stuff. But I'll go back and I'll grab this. You will not leave the house of the Lord confused. You're going to leave out of here enriched in the word of the Lord. This is St. John chapter 14, verse 8. It says this. Philip saith unto him, now watch this. Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. 
Ah, somebody, hallelujah. <laughs> Think about what Jesus just said. If you've seen me, you've seen him. He says, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So you know what, brother and sister, if you've got a, a maybe if, if you're there and you've got a pen and you can underline that, that phrase, he doeth the works, that is a marvelous expression the Lord is giving to you concerning the Father, that he does the works. Now watch this, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now watch out the transition. Jesus starts to transition here. So follow him. Let's walk with Jesus. He says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Touch your neighbor say, he's talking about you now, baby. Check it out now. Watch out Jesus' transition. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask of my name, that will I do. Now watch this. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's rich, rich, rich. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, follow along. This is, it gets deeper. He says, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I'm going to read that one one more time. If ye shall ask, somebody say anything. Anything means anything in my name. I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. And that's what I've come to talk about come to talk about the comforter he says even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth them not neither knoweth them but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you and I will not leave you comfortless now watch what Jesus says I will come to you I'm not going to leave you by yourself I'm going to come to you I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because, ye, because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And he that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. Now watch this. And will manifest myself to him. Isn't that marvelous? So I'm going to get into that. That's a lot, right? We, we bit off a lot, but trust me, I'm going to help you understand what we just read. We're going to get down with some stuff, and I pray your heart is open and ready, pliable, useful in the hand of God. Are y'all ready to get this done? Come on. I want you to pray with me, so let's, let's pray, but let's just separate. Now, now, I'm going to be mindful of the time. Listen, we're going to get into some stuff, but I just want you to hear it right now. Just, just release all the stuff that's in your mind. You might have come in here troubled and thinking about many things can I encourage you right now to just lay your trouble aside lay the situation aside lay your lay your trial to the side and just focus in on the Lord because God's going to speak to you this morning an intimate message is coming forward so just lay it aside 
Let's pray together. Father, we set aside all the cares and stuff and duties of this world that we may lay hold of you. Father, I know today your heart is going to be expounded. Your, your, Your thought, your mind towards us is going to be revealed. So Holy Spirit, I pray that as we lay these things aside, that you will take that which belongs to God and give it to us as a possession. That when we walk out of here, we're not going to walk in the same way we came in, but we're going to walk out of here empowered with with the understanding and the purposes of the kingdom that we're going to walk out of here equipped to meet life and to meet it head on and to live that life for God. So we pray your help, your strength, your blessing as we move forward and we pray that in no other name than we could pray but that beautiful name we call Jesus. And we say amen and amen and amen. Listen, I, I want you to go find, find five people right now and I want you to say these words to them. Be glorified. Be glorified. Go find some people around you, shake hands with somebody and just simply tell them, be glorified. Go, go hug somebody's neck and say, be glorified. Be glorified. Amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. be glorified be glorified be glorified How awesome it is. Amen. Be glorified. Amen and amen. It's good to see the people of God saying hello and greeting one another. Amen. Be glorified. Be glorified. How many want to be glorified? I want to... He's changing me from glory to glory. Yeah, be glorified. Today I've come to speak to you about glory. It's a word that we use in the church, but we may not understand the application of glory, even the definition of it. It is important that you know that glory is the business of God. Now stop and consider what I just said. I'm going to say it again for you. Glory is God's business. And all glory belongs to God. It was to the prophet Isaiah that God said these words. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. This is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praises to graven images. It's important that you know that God is jealous about glory because all glory belongs to God. You know that the Bible says, and all that you do, whether in word or deed, do all for the glory of God. Touch your neighbor and say, be glorified, baby. (laughs) You got to be glorified. The business of Christendom is glorification of who? Of God. This is the work and ministry of every believer is to glorify the Father in heaven. Let me tell you how serious God is about glory. Watch this. Check this out. I'm sure you've heard this before. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. 
For that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. You say, well, what did God show? He says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and his Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. The Bible says it became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Well, what happened? God makes the world so that you might know where the source is. <laughs> Look at your name and say, God's your source. Man, you should have got up today worshiping God. He got you up. He put life in you. He, he put breath in your lungs. He gave you food to eat. He gave you a car to drive. He put you in motion. It's God who provides everything. And because God is the source of everything, he deserves the glory. The Christian should be about the business of the kingdom, giving to God the glory. Do you know, do you know that, that, that the Bible says, check this out, do you know that the will of God, the Bible says, in everything, check this, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that we should be giving God thanks in what? In everything. <laughs> Isn't it a sign of maturity when somebody does something benevolent to you for you to say thank you? Most of us have enough common courtesy to teach our kids that when something's done for them, we teach them, say thank you. That, that when something good has happened to you, something, something's been given to you, particularly when it's given to you out of a generosity, out of a love, we teach the kids to say thank you, right? We know we sometimes get teenagers in the house and mamas you cooking and cleaning and taking care of them, washing their clothes and, and they don't say nothing about it. They just think all that comes just because your mama. But how many know if you want them to get up and grow and be mature that you got to teach them to say thank you, right? We got to teach them to give thanks. Somebody say hallelujah, that you got to give thanks. Well, look at your neighbor and say, baby, you got to give thanks. It is God who put that clothes on your back. It is God who woke you up this morning. It is God who gave you vitality. It is God who gave you peace of mind. It is God who gave to you Jesus Christ. We learn to give thanks. We learn to give thanks. Giving thanks is the first expression of us understanding just how much glory is due to God. Now, if you think about your life, brothers and sisters, think about your life. How often do you give God thanks? How often do you recognize and acknowledge the blessings in your life as coming from God? How often do we consider just how blessed we are long enough for us to say, God, I just want to thank you. <laughs> thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for helping me. Thank you for your favor in my life. Thank you for doing what only you can do. You are God, and I give you thanks. And even when God moves through other people, it's still God moving through people Amen. to bless your life. It's time to give thanks. Giving thanks is the first expression of a Christian in understanding the work of the kingdom, which is bringing God glory. Do you know that your job is to glorify the Father? Do you know that your job is to bring God's glory? <laughs> this, it is such an oddity to be in Christendom in this generation. It's so odd to be in the generation that doesn't know very basic principles about their own Christianity, about their own belief. You are designed for the very purpose of glorifying the Father. 
God made you distinctly that you might glorify his name. Do you know that the ancients were pursuing God's glory? Do you know from the very beginning? How many know know of the man by the name of Moses? Anybody know Moses? You know Moses says, God, I want to see your glory. (laughs) Do you know how revolutionary Christianity would be in this culture if we understood that we could manifest the glory of God? Do you understand how, how incredible the thought would be that if you begin to think like Jesus to say, I'm going to glorify the Father today. I'm going to bring him glory. Just how revolutionary that would be in Christendom, in this culture, in our city, in your home, at your job. Do, do you know that Moses said, Father, I, I want to see you. You remember the story? And, and, and God, God, told, God told Moses, no man has ever seen me and lived. This is confirmed by Jesus Christ himself. He says, no man hath ever seen the Father but the Son. Moses wanted to see what? The glory of God. Now you think about that. Moses said, Father, I want to see your glory. And you know what God said? No man has seen my glory. He says, but there's a place by me. Now watch. That, that, that I can hide you. There's, there's a rock by me that I can place you in. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to cause, not my glory, but watch this, but my goodness to pass by you. Anybody know this story? <laughs> this is a marvelous story, right, where Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. He said, no man has ever seen my glory. But there's a place by me that I can hide you. It's, it's a rock. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass by you. And I'm going to put my hand over your eyes. And as I walk past you, I'll let my hand go. And the Bible says that Moses saw the back of God, the hinder part of God. The Bible says his face did shine like the sun. He was glorified. was glorified I want I want you to picture this that 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 God said listen you can't see me because how many know that God is a spirit he he says but 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 what I'm going to do is I'm going to cause catch this my goodness in other words I'm going to cause a manifestation of who I am to pass by you I'm going to cause the personhood of my being to pass by you do you know that apostle Paul said of Jesus saying who being the brightness of his glory and the express person of his image, upholding all things by the power of his word, right? That God caused the son to pass by Moses. It wasn't God that touched him. It was the Savior that touched him. It wasn't God's hands over the eyes of Moses, but it was his very Redeemer who put his his hand over his eyes and walked past Moses And Moses got a glimpse of Jesus. He is God's goodness. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. You can't see God. He's a spirit. But you could see the sun. Do you know that John the Beloved... John the Beloved said, And the Word was made flesh... And it dwelt among us. And what did John say? And I beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father in heaven. I beheld the face of God. The glory of God. So it begs the question, what's the glory? 
what, what is the glory of God? The glory is the public manifestation of the personhood of God. Say it again. The glory of God is his personal manifestation by which you and I can visually see that that is God. Jesus is the manifestation of the person. He's the presence of God. He came publicly. You can view him. You can see him. That's why John said, and I beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He said, I saw him for myself. I saw the face of God. Right? Everywhere God manifests, he changes things. Everywhere the image of God appears, there is change. (laughs) Everywhere the presence of God is manifested, things are turned around, right? There is power in that place. Wherever God manifests himself, that's where we can surely see that that is God. (laughs) It begs the question, when's the last time you've seen him? Watch Jesus. Let me just... Let me just get this in because I, I want to take you a little deeper in, into this thing called glorified. D- do you know that the beginning of St. Matthew chapter 14, this particular passage is Jesus realizing that he's no longer going to be with them in his present, right? As present, as, as person. And he knows that he's about to be crucified and he realizes that in his absence, the disciples are going to become discouraged. In fact, could I suggest to you that had the Holy Spirit not come, Christianity would have dissolved itself. It would have come to nothing. If you don't think so, think about the birth of Christ, Holy Spirit, the life of Christ, Holy Spirit, the death of Christ, Holy Spirit, the rising of Christ, Holy Spirit. Everything depends upon his power, his ability. When Jesus says, I have the power to lay down my life, well, what power is he talking about but the Holy Ghost? When he says, I have the power to pick it up, what power is he talking about but the Holy Ghost? Do you understand that absent of the Holy Spirit, there'd be no Christianity? Or at least no way to produce the manifestation of God, or at least to glorify the Father. It's so important that the disciples understood that Jesus came to glorify the Father. Do you know that Jesus says, I can do nothing except the Father help me? I don't do anything he doesn't do. I don't say anything he doesn't say. And I just want you to see that Jesus is the personification of God. He came to do the will of the Father. And if you don't know God, if you know Jesus, you know him too. Because Jesus was doing everything the Father sent him to do. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Let me me repeat that one more time. Jesus came to show you what God's heart truly is. Jesus came to show you what God really wants to do. Uh, Jesus came to answer basic questions like, will God? You, you, you know, I'm in a culture today that, uh, that, that asks the question, well, will God heal me? Yes, he will. You say, well, how do you know? Well, when Jesus came down off the Sermon on the Mount, the Bible says there was a, a, a leper there. And he says, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. And Jesus says, I will. Are y'all catching that? Do you understand the level of mercy and compassion and grace that is found in the Father, that is found in the Son? Do you know that Jesus is coming to show you exactly what God wants to do if you let him? And so it is. So Jesus realized the disciples would be discouraged in his absence. So, so he tells them this, let not your heart be troubled. 
says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Think about what he's saying. Anybody here believe in God? Do you understand all of the work of, of Christianity? Do you, do you understand the work of Christ is to say, that's your father. Let me say that one more time. Jesus doesn't say, I'm Jesus. He says, no, that's your father. Do, do you understand? Let me, let me go back and, and, and kind of rub that into you a little bit. Because sometimes, you know, you got to get that marinade down deep inside you, right, before we start stewing you up. You have to understand, right, that Jesus was always pointing you where? To the father. What does the spirit do? The Bible says, you've not been given a spirit of fear, which leads to bondage. But you've been given a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. When they said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples, what did he say? When you pray, pray like this, our Father. And do you know when Jesus made that claim, they picked up rocks to stone him. Because when you say our Father, you make yourself equal with God. Oh, help me, God. Help me now. I mean, you know, you got a good father in heaven. I mean, you know, your father's really good. I mean, you know, he's gracious and he's kind and he's benevolent and he's long-suffering and he's more than what you could ever think he could ever be. And so Jesus was always, what, pointing you to the father. He's saying, I'm not doing anything he doesn't want to do. I'm not saying anything he doesn't want to say. So why do you tell me, Philip, show me the father? Why are you asking me that, Philip? How long have I been with you? And you say, show me the Father, and it sufficeth us. Don't you know that the Father is in me and I in him? You know what he said? Or else even believe what? For the very work's sake. So I want you to hear Jesus. Say, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house, what? Are many mansions. But we're not so would have told you. What did he say? But I go to prepare a place for that where I am, right? And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again unto you, that where I am, there you may be also. And then Jesus says, and whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And what does Thomas say? I don't know where you're going. And because I don't know where you're going, how am I supposed to know how to get over there? And then what does Jesus say? I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Watch. And no man... Comes unto the Father but by me. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Well, show me the Father. Did you hear what I just said? Then Philip says, Back to the to Jesus. Well, then show me God. Show me the Father that I might see Him for myself. You understand, Jesus is sharing this with them because He realizes that in His absence, they might say, Well, if Jesus is not here, then how are we going to get through? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome to walk with Jesus? I mean, anybody ever thought it'd be nice to walk with Jesus? I mean, sometimes we raise our hands, sometimes we don't because how many know Jesus is going to know your thoughts? How many know Jesus knows your thoughts? How many would like for somebody to know your thoughts? That's crazy, right? If I knew your thoughts right now, I'd have to call the police department, the fire department, the FBI, the CIA. We know all our collective thoughts in here, right? I want you to fathom this, 
that, that there's a part of us that romanticizes the idea that, man, if Jesus were here, anybody ever thought that? You, you ever been in a situation, a time or a place, or, or, or you needed help, and you said, man, if Jesus was here, he would speak to that situation. He would touch that thing. He would speak a word. He would speak revelation. And I want you to hear that, 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 that Philip is asking Jesus the same thing about God. Well, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Then he says, how long have I been with you? And yet you ask, show me the Father? Ha have you not known me, Philip? You see, if you know me, you know him. The, the, the question about what God wants to do, how God wants to do it, that should be resolved in your life. I, I, I've came to produce that glorification in your life. I've come to show you that this is what God wants to do. You should no longer have a question about who God is, what God wants to do, what's his thought, what's his, what's his heart on the matter. If you've seen me, then you know his heart. If you've seen me work, then you know what he works. If you've seen me move, then you know how he moves. If you've seen me speak, then you know how he speaks. And that's what, that, that's what Jesus was trying to teach the disciples. The Father's in me, and I in him. Then he says this, or else believe in the very work's sake. Or at least believe that in the glorification of the Father, you've seen him. How is the world going to see God unless he be glorified? How does the world see God unless he be glorified? Let me say that again. How will the world ever see the Father if he's never presented to them in an image? As a person, as an act or a deed, as Jesus said, or a work. Do, do you know how many people around you need to see God? How, how many people out in the world say, well, if God is God, you've heard him. Well, if God, if God, if you're there, talk to me. If there's a God in heaven, well, say something. But he sends you to speak the word. <laughs> he sends you to tap and say, what you talking about, man? <laughs> Well, you want to hear God? Well, tell me what you need. What's your problem? I'm going to pray and you're going to see God move over the prayer, show you he's... Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jesus did? He glorified the Father and everybody, everybody could see him. So much so that they said, truly, he must be the Messiah. Truly, this is the son of David. Because they immediately associated the Father with the Son. Sister Sean said it best. We had a little morning huddle, and she, she quoted the passage out of Saint, Saint, uh, uh, pardon me, Romans chapter 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He knew they were going to be disappointed, maybe lose heart, uh, maybe become so fragmented in their own ideologies that they would, Christianity would be lost. So he said, listen, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Now, now, now watch what Jesus says. Before I, before I talk about the comfort, let me just, let me just give a little, uh, I'm going to say a caveat to this comment here. So Jesus says, listen, if you believe on me, 
How many believe on Jesus? Uh, you, you, you know what the Spirit of God has done in my life? Let me tell you, over many years of studying the Bible, I am completely convinced of the work and the ministry of Christ. I'm convinced that he's a healer. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced that he's a peace speaker. I, I, I'm convinced that he's a miracle worker. Uh, the Spirit has brought me into this revelation over, over my life, applying myself into the Word of God. I am convinced in the ministry and the work and the purpose of Christ here on. I'm convinced of Him. I don't need to be convinced no more. I know who He is. And because I know who He is, guess what? I've seen Him. And because I've seen Him, I've seen the Father. So Jesus said this. If you believe that Jesus did all that work, there's a purpose for that. She said, if you believe in him, right? believe that he's in me. And if you don't believe that, at least believe the works. He says, for very, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do. Yeah. Ah, here we go. Let, 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 let me stop and say that. I don't want nobody to get distracted with that because now I'm talking about you being glorified. Now, now, now I'm cutting to the quick. Now I'm trying to show you what your faith is all about. Listen, listen to what Jesus says. If you believe in me, then the works that I do shall you do also. Then he says this, and even greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because I go to my Father in heaven. He said, whatever you ask me for, I'm going to do it. Why? Because it's going to glorify the Father. Because the business of God is not stopped. God is still in the business of glorification. It has always been his business. God has always purposed to reveal himself here on earth through the process of glorification. He only manifests, watch this, where there is faith. For that which is not of faith is of sin. He always manifests where there is faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want you, he says, for those that come to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Just want you to catch this because if you miss this, then you miss the purpose in your life in Christianity. I'm glad that you come to church. I'm glad that you give tithe and offering. I'm glad that you brought your Bible. I'm glad that you say hello to your brothers and sisters when you come to church. But brothers and sisters, if you don't understand the crux of your faith, the purpose of your faith is to glorify the Father. We are here to bring glory to God in whatever we do, in whatever we say, whether in word or deed, we are to glorify God. And that's why Jesus said, that's why Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. Even greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father in heaven and you're going to ask anything in my name. And if you ask anything in my name, that will I do. Then he said this, and I will pray the Father to send you, watch, another comforter. Now, now we, we, because we're... we're <laughs> We're not as studious as we should be at times. Think that the comforter comes to make you feel comfortable. <laughs> How many know the closer you get to God, the less comfortable you feel? 
The more you know about Jesus and the more you try to emulate his life, the less comfortable you're going to become. So he didn't come to give you a nice pillow to go to sleep. He didn't come to put bigger, bigger pillows on the chairs that you sit in at church. He didn't come in to turn the air conditioner down to 69 when it's 100 degrees outside. The Bible says that Jesus said, he's, I will pray the Father to send to you, watch this, another comforter. Now the word another comforter, the word another in Greek is alos, alos, which means of the same kind. So the same purpose I have, he has. The same mind I have, he has. The same duty I have, he has. He, he is what they call the parakletos. He's the exact same representation as the purpose of Christ on earth. I'm going to send to you another com comforter means to come alongside. So, so even though you're going to see me crucified, and even though you're going to see me ascend into heaven, the Father's going to send you one just like me, and he's going to walk with you. Look at your name and say, Jesus walks with you. You know, we say this all the time, don't we? We, we, we love to tell people, yeah, I, yeah, Jesus walks with me. Does he? Because I'm talking about be glorified. I, I, I'm showing you that, that here's Moses, Moses who wanted to see the glory, but he got a glimpse of the backside of salvation. Because how many know in the Old Testament, it's just the backside of salvation? How many know that, that in the Old Testament, people were saved by faith? But how many know in the New Testament, how do we know that we're saved? Because we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God rose him from the dead. If you believe this, then, are, then you're saved. They're on the backside. That's why he only got to see the back. The Christian gets to see the face. I get to see the glory. Moses got the backside. I got the glory. Listen, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave you, watch this, comfortless like orphans. I'm not going to orphan you. And you know how it is. You know, an orphan who loses a parent, they don't have nobody to run to or to find shelter with, to find safety with. Or, or even better still, a, a teacher leaving a student. He said, I'm not going to leave you teacherless. I'm not going to leave you parentless. I'm going to come back to you. Amen. And it's the Holy Spirit who's going to bring me right alongside you. So you know what I say to you? Be glorified. Listen, brothers and sisters, what the ministry of Christ continues. The, the purpose of Jesus continues in you. What Jesus wants to do is what he still wants to do. The, the, the eyes of Jesus are still alive. They're still looking. The, the, the ministry of the purpose of God and the heart of God and the life of God is still purpose to be displayed here on earth. We just have to be glorified. Uh, you, you need to embrace the idea that, 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 that I'm being glorified in Christ. That, that Jesus, if he walks with you, still has the same purpose. He wants to manifest God. God. 
So much so that Jesus says, the works that I do shall you do. And even greater things shall you do. Because now I go to the Father. I'm going to be your advocate. That when you ask, what does Jesus say? This is the only place that's ever recorded where Jesus says, when you pray, I'll do it. You you know why he says that? Because he walks with you now. Now, Jesus walks with you. And he still does the very thing he did when he walked on earth. He glorifies the Father. The question is, will we be glorified? Do, Do you know how long it takes for a believer to understand that Jesus walks with them and that Jesus still wants to do all that he's been doing? And that he gives you the eyes to see the world through his lens. He gives you a mind to see the world through his mind. So that when you see a situation, you might go over there and say, in the name of Jesus. Never before did we see it in the disciples until they understood why Jesus left. That he could abide with them forever. That the Bible says that it was Peter and John on the way to the temple and saw a man begging alms. And what did they say to the man? Silver and gold have we not. But such as we have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's rise up and walk. In other words, they were glorifying the Father. They were making the Father's presence, the mind of God, the heart of God, visual. And the glorification of God was seen. People began to praise God. Look what was done. Oh, how marvelous. Touch your neighbor and say, be glorified. Jesus walks with you. The world doesn't know this. You know it. You know why you know it? Because the Holy Ghost lives in you. Does anybody here ever see a situation, you you see a sick friend, doesn't the Spirit tell you, go over there and lay hands? I mean, do you not get compelled that way? Do you, when you see something, no, when you see a need or a situation, doesn't the Spirit arouse you to go say, go over there and and, and minister, go over there and speak a word, Go, go over there and pray, go over there and lay your hands? Are you not stirred at all? For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Listen, if you see somebody that needs help and you go on by, I doubt that the Spirit of God lives in you. Either that or you're quenching His work in your life. Be glorified. Be in the state of glorification. I live to bring glory to God in every conversation, in everything, everywhere. I bring God's glory into the picture. Well, what's God's glory? The manifestation of the presence of God, his purpose. And you need to know you have the power to do that. You say, well, how do you know I have the power? Because Jesus walks with you. It's not you that does the works. It's the Father that does the works. Did you you catch that? You're not going to heal nobody. God's going to do it. Come on, somebody. You're not going to change the situation. God's going to change the situation. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. He said, listen, I can do nothing of myself. I can't affect the situation, but God can. I can't help you. Anybody have some people you know that you can't help? I know some people say, man, look, I can't help you, Doc. You you need real help. (laughs) Anybody got some people in your life you know that, man, I can't help you, but guess what? God can. And you have, if you're glorified, you'll speak glorification. Listen, I've embraced the task that God has in my life, and I'm here to bring glory to God. 
I, I have one singular purpose in my life, and I'm gonna, and that is to bring God glory. I'm going to bring him glory. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. All right, let's go. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to end right here. I, I, I had debated today whether or not I should just maybe sit down, uh, uh, get in a chair, and just teach you this. Because, brother and sister, listen, if you don't embrace this, we're not walking out the principles of the Spirit of God in our life. He's the comforter. Now Jesus walks with you. I, listen, brother, I wasn't there when Jesus was crucified. I, I never got to see him in person. But he lives in me. And I've seen him. I've never seen the Father. He's a spirit, but I see him. <laughs> I see him in everything. I see him in you. And that's what gives me hope. You know, I see God in people. And that's, that's what gives me hope. Here we go, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Are you here? Verse 8. Just want to read this. Now, 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 I just want you to see how superior it is, the purpose that we have in the Spirit of God. I just want you to see it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. It'll all make sense now when I read it. Watch how you're already attuned, right? The Spirit of God has already tuned you to hear this chapter. You are spiritually attuned to the work of God right here, right now. Watch Watch how easy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread this on you like creamy peanut butter. Anybody like creamy peanut butter? You know, sometimes you get that one with the peanuts in it and it tears your bread all up when you're trying to smear. But this is creamy peanut butter. Come on, somebody. This is going to be like mayonnaise. I mean, how many like, or, or Miracle Whip? Who likes mayonnaise here? Raise your hand if you like mayonnaise. Who likes Miracle Whip? Oh, okay, all right. So more mayonnaise at Harvest Point than, than Miracle Whip, but all right. Oh, y'all like Miracle Whip? I got you out there. Y'all are waving me down. I like the Miracle Whip. How many could tell the difference if you tasted it? Okay, all right. Just checking. I don't know I could if you did. I, 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 don't, I don't eat mayonnaise or Miracle Whip very often, but I'm going to spread this on you like Miracle Whip. Let me just use Miracle Whip because I think that's a good, good better, better analogy. Are you there? This is Miracle Whip in the kingdom of God. Check it out. 2 Corinthians 3. Now, this is going to fall on you so easy. Listen to this. Watch. Verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Here we go. The ministry of the Spirit of God in us is going to be a glorious one. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, that's the law, that's the Ten Commandments, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. So I want you to see the ministration of the Spirit of God versus the Ten Commandments. The Spirit of God exceeds it. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. This glory excels. For that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. So, so here's the plainness. This is Paul, so Paul said, I'm just going to speak it to you plainly. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, <laughs> that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded. 
For until this day remaineth the same veil undertaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Here we go. Christ didn't say he was going to send you the law. He's going to send you the Holy Ghost. Nevertheless, when it shall, when it, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, this speaking of Israel, the veil shall be taken away. Now watch. Here we go. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, are you ready for this last verse? But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. What image? The image of Christ. The one who still purposes to glorify the Father. The one who's going to send you to work tomorrow. That when you walk through the doors of your job, Jesus just walked in. That, that when you open your mouth around the water cooler, it's Jesus who's speaking. Right? That, that when you lay hands on somebody, it's Jesus laying on his hands. And what is Jesus doing? Glorifying the Father. Be glorified, church. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. By what? Even as by, what does the Bible say? The Spirit of the Lord. It's the Spirit of God who brings Jesus right next to you. So now when I walk, I walk with him. You see how the disciples walk with Jesus? So do you. You, you see the ministry of Christ to glorify the Father? Be glorified. You got the same ministry too. That if you'll be glorified, if you'll receive the words of Jesus, that greater works than these shall you do. Because what? I go to my Father. And if you ask, I'm going to do it. Of course. He's walking with me. But he get to heaven. He's your comforter. Whatever you encounter, God's got it. See, when the disciples walked, they knew whatever they encountered, Jesus had it. Whatever the problem was, Jesus had the answer. Whatever needed to be done, whatever needed to be manifested, Jesus had the power to do so. And guess what? He still does. Uh, Jesus has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, uh, to whom there is no variables, neither shadow of turning. That everything is still the same. Jesus still does the same work. The question is, does a believer believe that they are glorified to do it? And I believe I've been glorified for that purpose, and so have you. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Come on, everybody, just stand with me. We'll finish this up the way we need to finish it up. So, so, so brother and sister, listen, I just, I just want you to, to just, just for a moment here, I just want you for a moment, just want you for a moment here. To just close your eyes just for a minute. Just, just, just be reverent just for a moment. Just want you to think about, just want you to think about Jesus for a minute. I, I, I want you to see him. You see how easy it is for the believer to see Jesus? Just, uh, we see him ministering. We, we, we see him loving. We see him we see him handling a situation. We see him moving in compassion. We, 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 we see him praying. We see Jesus speaking out of, 
words of wisdom, revelation, uh, prophetically. We see him doing all of these things. I see Jesus laying hands on the children. I I see Jesus touching the sick person. I I, I see Jesus touching that leper (laughs) and saying, I will. I see him moving and speaking and speaking so graciously. I see the compassion in his heart. I see his love for people. I see Jesus sitting at the table with with publicans and <laughs> see I, I, I see him speaking life into people who are lifeless. I see people thronging him. I see people trying to get to the very his very hymn. <laughs> you remember her? I see Jesus doing marvelous things. Now, now, now take that picture of Jesus that you see, that we've read, that we've known, that we've come to faith in. Now what I want you to do with him now is I just want you to bring him alongside you. Uh, 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 grab his hand and then just, just say, I walk with you, Jesus. The Spirit said, you're going to come to me and, and the Spirit of God's going to bring you to me. And then I'm going to walk with you. Now I want you to hear the Holy Spirit ask you a question. Do you think his ministry has changed? Do you think the heart of Jesus has, has been numbed over the years? Do you think that Jesus said the culture is too far gone? People are, are too far done uh, by which m- my remedy, my help, my, my blessing, my, my strength can't reach him? No. Jesus said, I'm right there with you. And I walk with you. And you have my mind. And you have my heart. And if you have my mind and you have my heart, you have the Father's heart. He says, in that day you're going to see that I am in him and and." And, and he and me and you and me that we're all going to be together that's why Jesus says keep my commandments he that loveth me he, he keeps my word right he keeps my commandments and Jesus said if, if you love me the father's going to love you too and then he says this and I'm going to manifest myself to you you see today what we need is a manifestation of Jesus not in word, but in deed. Not in some religious notion or some, some, some thing we might say, but that we can manifest him. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. And if you don't believe that, at least believe in the very work's sake. In other words, I believe that the Bible teaches us a principle. And I just want you to embrace this thought as we're, we're closing this service down. I want you to hear this. The Bible says, so let your light so shine before men. Let the glory of God shine. The Bible says, who being the brightness of his glory. This is Jesus. I want you to hear, hear what the Apostle Paul says about him. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power that's what paul said now i want you to hear jesus tell you this so let your light so shine before men let your brightness shine the bible says that they might see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven listen brothers you're not going to go to heaven because you've done works you go to heaven because you believe But listen, if you believe, you're going to do the work. (laughs) If you believe, you're going to say, this, I've been glorified. 
Brother and sister, can I pray over you? Be glorified. Be glorified this very moment, this very hour, this, this very morning. Let, let the comforter come. Let, be, know that Jesus is with you. Know that the Spirit of God is in you. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Just know that. Uh, know that when you leave here, uh, I don't want you to see life through your eyes. I want you to see it through His eyes. I don't want you to see your problem through your, your intellect. I want you to see your problem through the mind of Christ. I don't want you to view your ailment, your, 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 your sickness uh, uh, through the lens of, of, of medicine. I want you to see it through the lens of the Father, through, through, through Jehovah Rapha, your healer. I want you to see that you've been glorified for this very purpose, this very distinction. Will, will you tap yourself and say, I'm glorified. I'm glorified. Jesus said, I'm glorified. He, he sent his spirit to me and I walk with Jesus. I can now hold his hand. Jesus said, if I believe, he'll come to me. Father, we present ourselves as a church family. Pray with me now. Come on, enter in. Let's come together as a church. Father, your bride comes. And we say to you, Father, we are glorified. Uh, gl glorified in distinction and for purpose. That in all that we say and do, that we're going to bring you glory. That in every conversation as this week begins, uh, that in every situation, uh, 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 a hardship, some trial, a situation, uh, uh, an adversity, uh, we're glorified for that very purpose. That whatever the affliction is, whatever, whatever the thing is that, that needs remedy, the remedy is with me because I have Jesus. That today I can speak on his behalf. I can talk on his behalf. I can see as he sees. And if the Father says he will, and the Son says he will, then I can declare to the world he will. I, I leave this place under that unction of the Spirit of God. I leave it under the power of the kingdom. I walk out of here equipped to deal with anything that I have to deal with because God's going to be glorified in it. And I'm going to give him all the glory. Will you lift your hands right now and say, whatever happens, I'm going to give the glory to God. <laughs>